2005, Australian women's magazines were in love with the Hewitts. But in the space of a year or two, the mood completely changed. So how did Beck and Leighton go from being the tabloid's darlings to being the tabloid's enemies? Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. We are back. We're back for part two and we covered a lot in the first episode. We've still got a lot to go. We did. And boy, was it juicy. We spoke about Leighton Hewitt's rise as one of the country's biggest ever tennis stars, Mm. I would say. His relationship with fellow world number one tennis player Kim Clijsters. We spoke about how Kim and Leighton did break up a few months before they were due to get married and how devastated the public was about that. Yeah, I mean, people had nicknamed Kim Clijsters Aussie Kim. We'd sort of adopted her as one of our own. People were obsessed with them together, but they were young. They were 20, 21. So young. And they didn't end up getting married. We also simultaneously tracked the rise of Beck Cartwright's career and how she also became one of the country's most recognisable and loved faces. She too was engaged to a colleague. She was engaged to her on-screen boyfriend, the actor Bo Brady. Mm. However, within weeks of them breaking up, Beck was spotted with Leighton and it was on. It was on. It was on, on. so on. But <laughs> what's interesting is years later, uh, Bo actually gave an interview to the tabloids saying that he was alleging that Beck was texting Leighton while they were together. That's what his story is. Also an interesting quote about being much better looking than Leighton Hewitt yeah, as well. Yes. And a Ferrari was thrown in there. And a, and a ring was thrown into the sea. So <laughs> now six weeks after their first date, Beck and Leighton got engaged. Leighton proposed after losing the 2005 Australian Open Grand Final. It was quick. It was quick, but they did not care. They did not care. They acknowledged that people thought it was quick and they said, we are it for each other. We're happy. Exactly. And the tabloids fell in love with them. So, Mish, that's what we spoke about last week. Let's rewind back to 2005 and head to their wedding. All right, Zara. So Beck and Leighton got married at the Sydney Opera House in July 2005 and they sold all the juicy details about their wedding, which included, and I quote, a 10-page wedding album to New Idea magazine. Now, New Idea was super proud and super excited about this spread. They announced that they had the world exclusive and the official souvenir for the wedding on their cover. I forgot when magazines used to be big on official souvenirs. Oh my God, like the souvenir. How many people actually held on to the official souvenir of like royal weddings and I don't know, Beck and Leighton Hewitt's wedding? Probably a few people. <laughs> yeah. now, according to Crikey, the magazine paid $500,000 for the rights. The Age reported that they'd paid another $500,000 to get exclusive information about the proposal and the pregnancy too. Not bad Mm. cash job. No, it's good. I mean, half a million dollars just like that. New Idea editor Robin Fuster has since said the Hewitt wedding issue was the magazine's biggest selling magazine since Princess Diana's death and the first time New Idea had beaten Woman's Day in 10 years. So a really important bit of context for anyone who's not aware or maybe a little too young to know, New Idea and Woman's Day are like the competitors. They hate each other. They're constantly battling each other out in the magazine sales. Yeah, absolutely. And I just can't fathom 
how big they were for this to be the biggest cover mm. since Princess Diana's death. Now, in an interview with Stella years later, Beck marvelled at how bizarre she found the media frenzy around their wedding. She said Leighton had a helicopter follow him from Palm Beach to the Opera House. It was like a police chase or something. <laughs> that would be so intense. It would be. Beck was five and a half months pregnant when she walked down the aisle. She, once she was there and staring into the eyes of Leighton Hewitt, she did read out what is now a pretty famous, pretty <laughs> iconic wedding poem. Now, here's a passage of what Beck read out to Leighton. I really don't know where to start, but I definitely know you've captured my heart. It started that night you called me up to see if I'd play in the Starlight Cup. Way back then, little did we know that our love for one another could grow and grow. A text message or two is what kept us in touch. And I want you to know that I love you so much. It really does scream of like two really young 20-somethings who just really love each other. Absolutely. According to Crikey, the couple had a 100-kilo wedding game. I don't even (laughs) know how that happens. Now, reportedly as well, and this was a report, the couple gave up personalised stubby holders as their wedding keepsake. I don't mind that. You and Mitch should do the same. Yeah, maybe should I look into that? We're actually not giving our guests anything, so maybe they would prefer a personalised stubby holder compared to the air that I'm just giving them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think you're giving them a meal and a couple yeah. of drinks. I think you might be fine. Now, selling the details of their engagement, pregnancy and wedding to New Idea really set off an interesting tabloid war for Beck and Leighton. According to Crikey, New Idea getting that opportunity over Woman's Day set off a huge bidding war for exclusive on the couple from there on. Yeah, exactly right. And what's interesting about the wedding coverage is that while New Idea got the exclusive, they got all of the wedding photos, direct quotes from the couple, all of that stuff from the wedding day. Woman's Day knew it was a massive story, knew it would sell and still try to cover it in any way that they could. They still ran Beck and Leighton on their cover just with like secondhand material whatever they could scrap together that made it look like a wedding edition from Beck and Leighton's mouth, but was really just kind of like secondhand repurposed stuff. Yeah, it's like photoshopping a veil on her head yeah. and saying here's the wedding <laughs> photos. Now, the director of ACP, which is the parent company that published Woman's Day, Louisa Hatfield, told The Age that even though they didn't have an exclusive on the couple's wedding, and I quote, we had our biggest sale since Princess Mary's wedding with that Beck and Leighton photoshopped cover. Mm. No, I don't know if it was photoshopped, <laughs> I'm just saying that. And she also said, not since Princess Diana has someone moved a magazine off the newsstands like Mary. So you've got two Australians who are competing for public attention on the level of royals. Yeah, basically saying there was Diana, there is Princess Mary, and now there's Beck and Leighton. Yeah, they're the next big thing in magazines. Louisa Hatfield's quotes went on. Now Beck has surpassed Princess Mary in interest. Women want to believe the woman on the cover could be them. They think she has a fairy tale life, but it's not too hard to believe it could be them. So New Idea and Woman's Day were both desperate to lock down the most in-demand names in Aussie celebrity media and the war between them was frosty for a few reasons. I mean, as an aside, this war wasn't just about Beck and Leighton. According to reports at the time, there was quite a dramatic ousting of their New Idea editor-in-chief Jenny Gilbert in May 2005. This is a couple of months before the couple got married. Upon being booted 
from New Idea. Jenny crossed over to Woman's Day as a consultant. And according to The Age, it was Gilbert, Jenny Gilbert, who pushed Woman's Day to get the exclusive on the couple's first baby. Yeah, it's really interesting. She was the one who was named as the architect behind that Beck and Leighton exclusive across the engagement, the pregnancy, the wedding. She then gets pushed out of the company reportedly, goes to the rival and says, I know what worked for them. I did it for them. Let me now do it for you when it worked. Here's what crikey journalist Sophie Black wrote at the time. According to publishing insiders, the Packer-owned weekly gossip magazine Woman's Day has gazumped its bitter rival, New Idea, to nab the rights to every story about Beck and Leighton for at least the next year, including the impending birth of their baby. Cracky understands that as part of the mega deal, former soapy starlet Beck Hewitt will become the face of Woman's Day. Mr. and Mrs. Hewitt are as close as it gets to a sure thing in gossip rag terms. The couple's faces on the cover ensure a huge hike in circulation. How's that? Like, this worked for magazines. So no wonder they wanted to work with the couple directly. Also, no wonder Beck and Leighton wanted the money. Mm. If it was working for them and they were getting paid a lot of money and they didn't have to do that much for it, just give some details on their life that they might have given anyway... Then sure, I'll take the million dollar price tag. According to Crikey, the price for year-long exclusives on Beck and Leighton was a million dollars. According to The Age, it was much more than that. It should be much more than that. If you're getting paid 500 grand for the wedding and pregnancy stuff, but a that's, year? Wedding and pregnancies is like big as it gets. No, like, babies are as big as it gets. Yeah, babies are bigger. I true. swear, ba- like I know we don't like babies. We like wedding stuff. Well, I like babies, just for the record. Yeah, we like wedding stuff. We also like babies. Yeah, because it but- sounded like you were going to say we hate babies. <laughs> we, I wouldn't click on it. I don't care about baby names. I don't care about photos of babies. They all look the same to me. But we are the anomaly. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. It should have been more than that. And to be honest, perhaps it was. In September, Women's Day published their first exclusive with the couple. It was a photo spread of Beck and Leighton relaxing at their $4.5 million Palm Beach Love nest, so they call it. The six-page spread featured them barbecuing corn cobs and canoodling poolside. <laughs> when The Age rang Jenny Gilbert to ask about her involvement in the Beck and Leighton swapping of sides controversy, she said very little. She only offered the newspaper, a high-profile pregnancy and beautiful baby portraits are good for sales. Fair enough, too. Now, on November 29, 2005, Beck and Leighton's daughter, Mia Rebecca Hewitt, arrived. Leighton shared the name in an interview with Alan Jones on the radio a week later <laughs> as a publicity push to the Woman's Day magazine that was about to be available on stands. Yeah, and if New Idea getting the rights to Beck and Leighton's wedding worked out well, Woman's Day buying the baby story and every headline after that for the next 12 months worked even better. The success of the magazine cover was so insane saying the age declared Beck Cartwright is the new Princess Diana as far as Woman's Day and New Idea are concerned. According to that age piece, putting Beck on the cover at any given moment would guarantee a sales boost of 100,000 copies, but the baby story surpassed even that. Yeah, Woman's Day editor Alana House told The Age, when we had the first baby photos of little Mia, we had the biggest sale in 10 years. You're talking about the height of Princess Di days. Beck Cartwright is massive. She is the number one selling cover girl in Australia. They cannot get enough of her. It's weird to think about this now. This passed me by. I mean, I was, how old was I? 11. (laughs) So I guess, you know, I wasn't quite the demo. But it completely passed me by. And fame just doesn't exist 
like this anymore. No. I mean, this is also really where a problem kicked off for Beck and Leighton. They were in the pocket of Women's Day, of course. So they were giving them stories and photos and even writing regular columns and baby diaries for the magazine. And Woman's Day was kind of taking that and running with the story of we have the real story on Leighton and Beck. We're publishing info straight from the horse's mouth, right? But by them jumping ship to Woman's Day and leaving New Idea in the dust, New Idea got kind of cunning about the whole thing. Yeah. They flipped this whole dynamic on its head. And instead of trying to work with Beck and Leighton, they did the opposite. Editor Robin Foister told The Age at the time, we publish what is really going on with Beck and Leighton. They gave rise by leaving New Idea unwittingly, gave rise to a dynamic where New Idea started going, okay, well, maybe we won't tell the glossy golden stories. Maybe people actually want to read the headlines that are a little bit grittier. Yeah. And truthfully, I think this would have happened whether they left New Idea or not. Because Woman Stay, whoever they weren't with was going to do this. Because what that meant is. You know, New Idea published paparazzi photos, secret sources, salacious headlines. While Woman's Day was selling the Aussie public, the dreamlike version of of Beck and Leighton, New Idea was reveling in selling the nightmare. When New Idea published the story, Beck packs her bags, suggesting that they could have been breaking up, the romance was over, distance was tearing the marriage apart. The magazine sold out. It worked for them. It worked all too well. Zara, after the break, we are going to unpack the magazine Armageddon that then came for Beck and Leighton over the next few years. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Alrighty, Mish. So what's really interesting about this point in the story is it's kind of hard to figure out the exact timeline of what happened next. It does appear that after the exclusive Woman's Day deal expired between Beck and Leighton and the magazine in August 2006, neither magazine chose to snap up exclusive rights with the couple. And if you're wondering why, well, you could say that the new idea route of we publish what's really going on became enticing to Woman's Day too. It cost them a lot less. It cost them a lot less. And it's juicier, although yeah. it's it's snarky and it's negative. It's terrible. It's terrible to run nasty headlines about people. Unfortunately, there's something in us as consumers that we will click on a negative headline. We know that from when we worked in digital media days. You can compare two headlines. Say we're talking about Beck Judd. One negative Beck Judd headline and a positive Beck Judd headline. I can guarantee you, unless the positive one is, here's her wedding dress, the negative headline will beat out nine times out of ten. I would say ten times out of ten. Yeah. I know that's 100%. <laughs> Maybe mm. 9.5 times out of 10. Yeah. No, absolutely. Now, of course, Beck and Leighton were still gracing the covers of Woman's Day and New Idea, but they were gracing the covers not with consent, but with a negative slant on their relationship. And I think this was the thing about the Hewitts at this time. Public interest was incredibly high. We've made that very clear. But so too was public disdain. Mm. I think, for example, in 2006, Leighton was voted number 10 on the GQ list of the world's most hated athletes. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't an Australian list. This was international. Yeah, people 
did get a kick out of not liking him in particular. By March 2007, Woman's Day had well and truly moved on from the happy news strategy to writing headlines like, and I quote, Beck Hewitt betrayed her sorrow over cruel claims that her marriage is in crisis. I tell you what's weird now that I sit here and think about it is like having people in your space and your house, like coming over for a photo shoot Mm. and writing stories and features for you, probably spending a fair bit of time with them over the course of the year. And then six months later, same people writing this shit about you. Well, she was was working with them and so was Leighton and you would have at least a professional amicable relationship yeah to then see those very same names be the ones that take you down would be kind of horrible inside that same magazine the one that said beck hewitt betrayed woman's day wrote some recent reports even suggested that beck 23 had resorted to a glamorous makeover to win back the affections of her tennis pro husband like it's just so tacky and yuck. Yeah, 100%. It wasn't just their marriage that started attracting negative media attention too. In September 2007, Channel 7's tabloid-esque television program Today Tonight took aim at Beck for supposedly backing out of a promise to help build an orphanage in Cambodia. Mm. Now, this was a pretty complicated story to follow, but essentially it went like this. Upon Beck selling various exclusives to tabloid magazines in 2005, she publicly stated that she'd be using some of the money to support charities, specifically that they'd be working with the AIDS Trust of Australia to build an orphanage in Cambodia. Yeah, speaking to the Seven Network in 2005, Beck reportedly said, I want to build the orphanage over in Cambodia, which will shelter 62 children and feed them and get everything happening in the building. Now, Beck's connection to the AIDS Trust of Australia was pretty solid and very, very very public. She'd actually donated her winnings from winning Dancing with the Stars to the charity in 2004. So it went back a few years. A couple of years on though, Today Tonight decided to check in on the Hewitt's pledge and to see how Beck's Cambodian orphanage was faring. Only when Channel 7 teased out the episode of this kind of investigation across their network, it was very clear they were going to give Beck Hewitt and Leighton Hewitt a bad rap and that the network was trying to insinuate that they had essentially ghosted out of their commitment. Yeah, exactly. The program's producer, Phil Goyan, said in a statement to Fairfax in the lead up to the episode airing, We've had a tour of the orphanage, Beck committed to fund and met children with HIV who she promised to help. Basically, we're going to put out all the facts and financials out there and people can make up their own mind. We've come to Cambodia to see exactly what's been done and who's done it. Mm, Leighton Hewitt's manager, David Drysdale, trashed the episode before it went live and said that Beck had absolutely fulfilled her commitment to the orphanage. Here's one of the quotes he gave to The Age at the time. By the way, an aside, The Age did a lot of stories. I know, on, on Beck, Beck and Leighton. Leighton. That's yeah. how big they were. This was the quote. What Beck promised as part of her deal with Dancing with the Stars is that she would donate monies to the AIDS Trust to enable them to purchase some land upon which the orphanage could be built. So Beck donated $66,000 from two different commitments that she had, which enabled them to purchase the land. And then the AIDS Trust, through other fundraisers and so on, raised the money to build the orphanage and to run it. He went on and said, Beck and Leighton were involved in some of the fundraisers and turned up at cocktail parties as ambassadors to ensure the monies were raised. Beck and Leighton are disappointed and pretty disgusted with where Today Tonight are going with it. And Beck is absolutely devastated that the television network she used to work for has tried to do this to her. Now, 
Then the episode aired. All of this drama was happening before the episode had even aired. The program itself featured a former employee of AIDS Trust of Australia, Tim Berry, who expressed disappointment in the Hewitts for, in his opinion, not quite following through on their promises. Yeah. At the time, it was reported that Tim Berry said this. I suppose we were hoping we would get more out of it. But, you know, it's one of those things. Times change. I mean, originally it was Beck who was helping us. Now I don't hear from the Hewitts at all. Once the show was out in the world, the Hewitts doubled down on their stance and issued an absolutely withering statement. In her part of the statement, Beck said, I can't believe that a television network that I gave such a large part of my life to for seven years would make up such a story to try to discredit me and my family. It is devastating that people that I have known and worked with are the same people involved in creating this rubbish story. Yeah, Leighton described the TV segment as un-Australian, writing, to try and make a play on words so that a story can be fabricated but never approach you for your comments or write of reply is not what I thought being Australian was about. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what this has to do with being Australian, but that's okay. <laughs> I am sure that the public is smarter than what this show takes them for and realise it's just sensationalist journalism. Is he? I mean, it's such a classic to go for un-Australian. Yeah. It's quite powerful though, dare I say, over the kinds of people Leighton and Beck would want to reach. The kinds of people probably watching today, tonight... Is it the Australian mantra of a fair go? He feels like they weren't given a fair go. They weren't given a yes. right of reply. Yes. Which, fair enough, they weren't. Yeah. At, at some point, you've got to ask them for comment. Yeah. Like, at some point. Now, importantly, the AIDS Trust of Australia's CEO, Ross Smith, publicly confirmed the Hewitts fulfilled their commitments to the orphanage, which makes you kind of think, was there actually a story to be told here by Today Tonight? Or was this an example of the television media trying to capitalise on what was already working so well for the mags? Hating the Hewitts was proving to be a sport and a, and a very profitable one at that. Yeah. I think the fact that the AIDS Trust of Australia CEO came out and yes. said, everything's fine. It has been committed to. This is not a story. I don't think there's an excuse for today, tonight to go to a disgruntled former employee. Yeah, I think the Tim Berry quote as well is very interesting. I suppose we were hoping we would get more out of it. It's that's, like, is that what they promised you? And that's not that's not the same thing. No, it's not. It's like, <laughs> what, so they gave you one thing and you were just hoping there'd be a bit more. Also, that's, weird to refer to yourselves as a we, like we as the AIDS trust. You don't work there anymore. There's no we. Like, yeah. Oh, anyway. And also now I don't hear from them at all. It's like, <laughs> did you just want some celebrity did friend? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> anyway. Now it goes without saying that I think 2007 and 2008, Mish, were a very trying time for the Hewitts. Month after month, magazine editors relied upon negative stories about them and the state of their, or the apparent state of their marriage to sell as many copies as they could. Yeah. And I think they tried to regain control. For a time, they had control over what was going in the magazines. They lost that and they tried to regain control by actually launching their own personal website called LeightonandBeckHewitt.com in March 2008. On that website, they kind of promised fans exactly what Women's Day used to promise. All of the correct stories, the accurate stories about our lives from Leighton's training to our marriage to what's going on with the kids straight from our mouth. And by September 2008, Zara, they were using that website to come back against the tabloids. Absolutely. So in September 2008, the couple snapped after Woman's Day published a piece saying that they had a public fight in the streets of Paris while Leighton was competing in the French Open. Here is a passage of what Leighton wrote on their website at the time. Week after week, the paparazzi hiding cars follow us, trying to take photos at any opportunity where they think they can get a shot where we don't look happy. Magazines, notably Woman's Day, a new idea, then buy them and fabricate a negative story because they think that's what sells. Yeah, he like, went up. That is what sells. <laughs> 
(laughs) He went on and said, this gives you an idea of what we have to deal with week in, week out, reading the lies, manufactured stories and constant attack on our relationship and private lives. Sales are much more important to them than providing truthful information for their readers. Now, at the end of 2008, a few months later, Beck and Leighton welcomed their second child, a son, Cruise. They did sign an exclusive deal with OK Magazine to reveal the inspiration behind the name Cruise and more details about the birth. Now, it's probably no surprise that they didn't sign with New Idea and Woman's Day, but truthfully, my opinion on this is if it's worked out poorly for you before, yeah. pocketing money from these kinds of tabloids, OK is no better than New Idea and Woman's Day. No, they were just sort of probably less public less, or less less known yeah less, absolutely yeah I agree with you I also think it's hard to denigrate the tabloids for how they treat you when you've been in their pocket for well, so long I get it if you regret it I get it if you regret it but to then go back again for kid number two yes. after you're slamming them I'm like I don't know how this works now one of the funnier details about this story which is a real by the by but is how in every article I found announcing the birth of Cruz Each journalist or writer noted that David and Victoria Beckham had a child called Cruz three years earlier. (laughs) So all of the all of these pieces were like imbued with subtle hints that they'd just like stolen the name. Oh, I love the sass though. From from 2009, the year after, the situation deteriorated. I didn't think it could get worse, but it got way worse. worse. In April 2009, New Idea published an article that insinuated Beck had cheated on Leighton with, and I quote, a former fitness trainer from Dallas. Now, this fitness trainer in question was referred to throughout the piece as Minder Mark. There were photos of Beck and Minder Mark looking like they're enjoying each other's company. I don't know, maybe hanging out in close proximity to each other. And those photos of Beck looking chummy with mind and Mark were used as corroborating evidence almost of a supposed affair. Yes, only mind Mark didn't exist and the man in the photos was Beck's brother, Sean Cartwright. <laughs> the Hewitts rightly decided to sue New Idea in court and the arguments that unfilled before the judge are kind of what we were touching on before, Mish, and probably what our listeners have been grappling with too – when you consider the messy relationship the Hewitts had with the tabloids. Yeah, really fascinating. When we read this, it was kind of like a lot of light bulb moments going off. Now, essentially, the Hewitts lawyers made the great point that New Ideas should be forced to reveal their supposed sources for the article. New Ideas lawyers said that would be unreasonable and that they should be protected by what's generally called, colloquially called, the newspaper rule that allows media publications to protect the sources of news stories and information that is deemed in the public interest. That, though, sparked a really interesting debate. Is the Hewitt's marriage in the public interest? Now, Tom Blackburn, who was the counsel for Pacific Magazine, said information related to Beck Hewitt is considered to be in the public interest given she has actively sought publicity in the past and placed her activities, and I quote, in the stream of public discourse. Yeah, he said she can't now say her activities and family are not matters of public interest. So the too long didn't read version of that is, can you argue your personal life is not tabloid fodder? when you have profited from that tabloid fodder for so long. I feel in so many minds about this. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that New Idea and Woman's Day were 
Totally gross. Oh, grubby as. So grubby, like really disgusting. And publishing lies. This was a lie. And maybe maybe they had a source who came to them. I, it can't be anything close to an accurate or reliable source if they're confusing a, a fictional character for Beck Hewitt's brother. So I don't agree with that. I hate the lying. I hate this story. There is no excuse for it. But on the other hand, do I have nothing but sympathy for Beck and Leighton when it comes to the tabloids turning on them? No, it's a little more complicated than that. I feel like if you cozy up to these kinds of publications, you can't just turn around when it doesn't suit you anymore. Yeah, and I think as I mentioned before, I'd probably have far greater levels of sympathy if they did these deals and then thought, fuck, we were really young and a bit dumb and we shouldn't have done that. But to then go back to another tabloid like, okay, after you're already furious at ones you used to work with, Mm. I don't know, is a bit harder. I also think self-awareness would have gone a long way. I didn't see much self-awareness for them to ever say that. If they regretted it, I think the public would have an easier time to go, well, they were really young when they got married and made made these decisions. who would say no? Who would say no to that much money for a few details from your private life? Now, by December that year, Judge Robert Lunn ruled in the couple's favour. The judge ordered New Idea to hand over all of its material relating to the article and also said the magazine must pay Beck Hewitt's legal costs in full. That's a pretty resounding ruling. Mm, we never found out, by the way, who the source was. This was yeah. handed over to the Hewitts, but from what we could see, they never made the information public. Now, while the legal dramas dominated the headlines around this time, the media also took a really keen interest in the couple's decision to buy a luxury waterfront villa in the Bahamas. Now, the Bahamas is a well-known tax haven populated with other well-known celebrities like Tiger Woods and Shakira. Yeah, of course, Woman's Day jumped at the opportunity to turn this into magazine selling gold. They ran a story titled Beck's Bahamian Nightmare, written by Annette Witheridge. Now, here's some of that article as reported by Crikey at the time. The look of fear on Beck Hewitt's face when she leaves the high-security Bahamas mansion she and Leighton call home is warranted. Just 25 minutes' drive away, locals live in abject poverty and slums and Beck's neighbours warn that it's a dangerous place blighted by crime, poverty and high unemployment. The piece went on, adding to her loneliness is the fact that while Leighton is instantly recognised by the sports-crazy locals, no one has any idea who former Home and Away star Beck is. Mm. I mean... A fair bit of racism going on with that piece. Yeah, completely classist and gross, really. Now, Annette Witheridge says she spoke to gardener Charles Lewitz, who told her <laughs> Leighton couldn't be friendlier, but his wife looks so lonely. She's always at the playground with her little girl. It's such a shame there aren't any other children here. Now, when it came to this report, again, the Hewitts were particularly upset. They issued a statement about it that read, at the end of the day, if our faces are on the front page of these magazines, then they're going to sell. And most of the time, we just blow it off. But obviously, when we've come to a new country and we're living here and everything's fantastic and everyone's treating us well, we don't want to be perceived in a totally different situation than it is and put a negative spin on it. It would be really hard to settle into a new community, into a new country, when tabloid reports like this are coming out about you. For sure. And as an aside, when we'll get back to the timeline in a moment, the Hewitt's love affair with the Bahamas was not a short-lived thing. They seemed to live there half the year for most of the 2010s and, according to reports, still have their house there. And I'm not surprised they wanted to escape Australia, given how bad the publicity and paparazzi and everything was when it came to them. For sure. By October 2010, the couple were welcoming their third baby into the world Ava Sydney Hewitt. Must have been missing home. (laughs) Yeah. And look, this time for this baby announcement, 
they changed tack. They, they did. did not do an exclusive with a magazine. They decided to launch a personalized text line where you could, for the low, low price of $2, exclusively learn the name of their third child. Now, there's probably a conversation we haven't even touched on here, Zara, about also profiting from your children before they can even consent to that. Like there is also a level of, I I personally don't like it, selling your children's names, selling their first baby photos, whatever, and making money off of that. It's just an interesting like side point. Um, I don't have as much a problem about the name and perhaps the first photo of the baby because again, babies aren't that recognisable. They all kind of look the same. It's probably the minute after the newborn baby photo has been sold that I kind of think – All right, that's where you leave it now. How do you feel about the text line? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's... It's a choice. It's a great... It's a a change of tack, that's for sure. (laughs) It's a good alternative to the tabloids. Now, the media naturally had a bit of a field day with this story. Here's what Crikey's Tom Cowie wrote at the time. Leighton Hewitt has never been afraid of cashing in on his fame. Starring in a toilet paper ad shows a certain willingness to sell out. But charging fans to receive a text message of the name of your third child, it's hard to tell in a murky business such as this one, but this could be a new low in the sordid commercialisation of celebrity. Yeah, the backlash was all round really. Sydney Morning Herald reported that the couple had cashed in on their baby. In response, again, They weren't very happy about it. Leighton issued a statement that read, certain media people believe that they are the only ones who should have an exclusive. (laughs) In this instance, we made a decision that my fans deserve to know first and the general public second. That's what we have done and just look at how many of the media have reported it. I've always assured my fans that they'd be the first to know on Textastar and that's why I'm a part of such a great program as I can send it straight from my mobile directly to theirs. Right. Right. I, What's the difference between your fans and the general public? Are they not one and the same? Yeah. And like, so what, your fans have to pay two bucks, but then the general public will, fi- like journalists will be on that text line and a journalist will reveal that news maybe half an hour later. So the fans have to foot a bill for something that everyone else will find out in the same day anyway. I'm quite fascinated about how the money moves here, right? Because Ryan Berman from Textastar, the company <laughs> that the text line was created through, told the Sydney Morning Herald that Textastar and the players get the least amount while the telecommunication carriers get the most. I genuinely wonder how much money is actually being made from a text line. Like, this can't be more than a magazine exclusive because let's assume that maybe Beck and Leighton pocket half the $2. Mm, right. Okay, good one. Yep. They pocket a dollar for every person that's signing up. 500,000 people signing up? Yeah, good question. How many people are signing up? I don't think they are. This. Oh, but if you're buying a $6 magazine and we know that Beck and Leighton would sell 100,000 additional magazines but you just get by being on the cover. Yeah, then just a, a name. A name is worth nothing. Not to, I don't know. I'm I know. clearly missing something. Well, clearly Beck and Leighton liked cashing in. We know that. I think they would know that if they were listening to this episode. They loved to cash in around this time. I'm imagining they would not do this unless they thought they were going to pocket 100,000 plus. I think it has to be 100,000 plus, but I don't think it would have been much more than that. I just can't imagine that many people subscribing, but didn't you? Can any? No, of course I didn't. I, I thought you did. No, I subscribed to something else they did around this time, ah. but it wasn't the baby name. I remember subscribing to celebrity text lines 
And I found it really interesting when people did this. But then as soon as I did it a couple of times, I'm like, why am I? Yeah. What, what am I doing I with mean, my life? Fascinating. Yeah, well, fascinating all the same. Now, perhaps it's no surprise that Beck and Leighton became far more private as time passed. Between 2011 and 2015, it was really interesting when you kind of do the research on this. We kind of barely heard from either of them directly at all. Mm. I mean, of course, the headlines raged on. The popular choices of story were that Beck felt betrayed by Leighton prioritising his tennis career over family that was from Woman's Day and that there was some kind of furious feud between Beck and her long-term friend and former home and away co-star Kate Ritchie I missed that that was from New Idea oh that was big (laughs) there was other stories from Woman's Day that they were headed for divorce and that they were planning for another baby in the hopes that it would save their marriage that was from New Idea yeah in response to one cover that quoted Beck supposedly saying I'm taking my son That was according to Woman's Day and according to them, the couple had an airport showdown for the ages that people just couldn't believe. Leighton simply told the Herald Sun, Beck and I haven't had one argument ever. We don't look at it. It's as simple as that. Every week there's more rubbish. It gets more and more silly over time and you really just shake your head at it and think, you know, these people obviously don't have anything better to come up with. I think it obviously begs the question, like how with all of this in mind, did they get back into the good graces of the public because the Beck and Leighton that I know, (laughs) that I know, are very much in the good graces of the public. Yeah. But when you listen to all of this back, you're like, wow, there were some trying times for a while. Now, by 2016, it definitely felt that while the tabloids hadn't stopped, I mean, basically every year their reps actually had to put out a story to deny that they'd split, (laughs) Brand Hewitt definitely felt more mature. And I also think after more than 10 years together and three kids – people started to realise that maybe, like just maybe they were more normal and more committed than we ever gave them credit for. I think nothing makes the headlines and the tabloid reports that they are going to split or that they hate each other or whatever. Nothing makes them look stupider than just silence and proving it wrong. Yeah. Like the fact that Beck and Leighton were still together 10 years down the line, three children, seeming quite peaceful and loved up, made the magazines look silly by comparison. Absolutely. In 2016, there was an interesting piece published by Angela Mollard in the Daily Telegraph that did kind of echo this sentiment. She wrote, the Hewitts are good people leading decent lives. More than a decade ago, there may have been eyebrows raised at the bad boy bagging the nation's sweetheart, but Leighton has matured and gained respect, while Beck is the consummate, caring and attentive mother. Yeah, that piece actually interviewed Louisa Hatfield, that editor-in-chief of New Idea we've mentioned a couple of times in this episode. And Louisa Hatfield said that all of these years on, Beck was still selling more magazines than any other Australian cover star. She told the publication, in a nutshell, audiences admire both Beck and Leighton. They love the fairy tale arc of a beautiful, famous young woman meeting a handsome, famous man, falling in love, getting engaged, getting married and having babies. They're clearly still in love and are obviously good parents. And even though women are much more empowered in this era, they still crave the fairy tale. Even if the fairy tale doesn't quite work out, they still love the idea of it. Very interesting to me that Louisa Hatfield gave that quote, knowing what the coverage in New Idea had looked like for the last decade. Yeah, and she was part of it. You didn't sell the fairy tale. You've been selling the nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. I also think another element of this, another element of how they were able to kind of mature their brand in the public eye is I think a lot of it came down to space and I think we find this with a lot of celebrities they'd been living overseas for a long time up until 2016 and they had a pretty small presence on social media in an era where social media was becoming like the paramount way public figures built their brands 
I mean, I just think at the end of the day, space can be everything. Yeah, I think it's also classy and dignified. And some people would have seen the magazine covers that Beck and Layton got exclusives for and thought that's a bit trashy. It's not for me. And so the less they saw that, the more their brand was just kind of neutralized all around. 2016 was also the year that Leighton Hewitt retired from singles tennis. I think that inspires a lot of nostalgia, a lot of positive emotion when people look back on a career with kind of rose-coloured glasses. A bit of rose-coloured glasses. A bit of rose-coloured glasses and just this genuine maybe appreciation for, although he wasn't always the most sportsmanlike player, he did really make tennis a really iconic sport in Australia as well. Yeah, he made it entertaining for sure. And he definitely seemed like he'd grown up. That became very clear. I think between 2016 and today, the two have gently re-emerged in the Australian public eye. In 2018, Leighton actually made it into the qualifying finals of the Australian Open in the men's doubles, which maybe re-centred the conversation around, you know, his athletic achievements even more. He's also worked a decent amount with Channel 9 on tennis commentary, and truthfully, he's quite good at it. He's really good. I really enjoy listening to him. Really likeable. Well, Beck has kind of got back into the TV game with a bit of hosting work with Channel 9 and Hello World. Also, she absolutely absolutely smashed it on Dancing with the Stars last year, some 17 years after she first won the series. She came runner-up to Luke Jacobs, but was fucking amazing on the dance floor. She is so good. In November last year, the couple sold their Turak mansion in Melbourne for over $15 million. And then they moved to, well, we don't know. Like we think they might have moved to Queensland perhaps, but we can't say with any certainty. And that in and of itself tells a pretty interesting story that for a time we were having photos of this couple eating corn cobs in their backyard cuddling by a pool in their Palm Beach house. Now we don't know where they are because they're so private. Yeah, exactly. When reflecting on his career, Leighton actually said that his marriage was absolutely crucial to both his success and sanity. And I really loved this quote. He said, she's been like a rock to me. You know, you have the highs and lows of being a professional athlete and some of the tougher times for me are coming back from surgeries. You know, I've had five surgeries in the last seven years and you start doubting whether you'll actually be able to come back. So to be able to have a person to be able to talk it out with is vital. She really is my soulmate and we go through absolutely everything together. I couldn't be prouder to have Beck beside me. This is a woman who said she barely knew who Roger Federer was when they got together. Yeah. And now I think it's it's kind of a lovely way to end where it's like talking him through his surgeries, getting him back to his peak, them being an absolute team. Like it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I love them. I don't think that's oh, any secret. I've no, loved them for years. Despite maybe the errors in judgment I think they've had over the years, yeah. I also really love them. And I love – there is something I just adore when you see two people – in a romantic relationship and you think you are such a united team. You are on the same team. You are friends. You have each other's backs. And probably the only way they got through that awful time with the magazines was by being each other's teammates. Yeah. They were best friends and to their credit, they survived a shit show. Yes, they partially put themselves in it. But they it's still survived. shit. It's still shit. <laughs> yeah. They survived it. They're here. And I fucking love them today. I mean, I <laughs> I got dinner with them a couple of times back in the day and they were great. You can't. Anyone who doesn't get that reference, she didn't. She saw them opposite her at a restaurant a couple of times. Yeah. Not even a restaurant, a pizza place. It was a good pizza place. It was a great time. <laughs> Guys, that is all we've got time for. This one was researched by Michelle and I. 
Oh, I loved doing that. If you want to support the show, come and follow us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast or on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. And just to throw one more plug in too, Ooh. if you want to follow us on Spotify or follow us on Apple, that'd be nice too. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks Beck and Layton for the good story. Yeah. <laughs> guys, we'll be back in your ears on Thursday. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.